Hello, gatherers. Here at Indie Comics, we love supporting the publishers that make creator-owned stories. If you are looking for a new book and fresh adventures, check out Aspen Comics. They have many comics from Eternal Soulfire to Fathom Blue to Onibot, Swords of the Demon, Lucia Ohms, Lola XOXO. Aspen Comics deserves to be on anyone's shelf. Please shop at your local comic book store. Hello, gatherers. This show is brought to you by ComicWow.com. If you love comics, check out ComicWow.com, your media hub devoted to comics, the comic industry, and the pop culture that surrounds it. Now, on with the show. Welcome to the Indie Comics section. Join us as we take you through the pages of some of the best stories and art that is available in the comic book industry. From trivia to book discussions to interviews to insider looks, this is Indie Comics with Jeff. This week we're going to focus on DJ Kirkbride and Adam P. Knave's Amelia Cole series. Welcome once again to another wacky and zany episode of Indie Comics. I am your host, Jeff, and I'm pretty sure you've heard me a time or two on The Gathering, on many a spot, and just whatever the sh- other shows you've had the pleasure of listening to. Today is the 24th of February, 2016, and we are down here in Marina Del Rey with DJ Kirkbride. And let's just see who else is with me here this fine day. Oh, yeah, it's you. It's me. It's Tyler. Yeah, it's Tyler, so, you know, not, not much to say there. <laughs> oh, there's so much to say about Tyler. Yeah, that's true. Okay. okay. Loud blue glasses. Uh, that's true. Yeah, you, you guys will see him around. Whenever I love you guys glasses. see, him, whenever you guys see it at, at, at a con, you'll always see him there. He always tags along or tries to anyway. I'm always leading the group, like miles away, running. Exactly. Excited, like exactly. A, like a especially, especially that day when you're totally hyped up on coffee. Half the time, I thought you were just going to zip right out of the con center right there, dude. Seriously, you're I like, had like half a pot of coffee, like every convention. But yeah. whoa, you're, you're like, like the full pot. Yeah, he was like high, he was high as a kite the entire time. It was amazing. He was snorting grounds. <laughs> you know it. The special beans, those chocolate special beans are like. Oh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And uh, DJ, how are you doing this fine day, sir? I'm good. And we finally, we should just say that. Tyler, this is a caffeine intervention for you. This isn't actually an interview. Yeah, this is kind of an intervention (laughs) right now, dude. So we kind of have another thing going on. He and I were discussing, man. (laughs) You just, you you really need, you really need to cut it down right now. Going to decaf. (laughs) I'm I'm great. Thanks so much for uh, meeting me out here in the the Ray of Marina. The the Ray of Marina. Like I said, you know, it's been years since I've even been back here. And I tell you, it's just, it's gorgeous today. It is way better than Anaheim. Yeah, whoa, exactly. Whoa, whoa. whoa. okay. Some yeah, mighty exactly. ducks are gonna disagree with you. Yeah, right? that, that, them ducks will probably be totally going the birds on us all of a sudden, man. I Thank hear you they're not much. so mighty anymore, though. Uh, <laughs> that's true. They are kind of not really mighty, but they're just yeah. the ducks. But, anyway, you know, hey, we're here to talk about. We're gonna talk about Amelia Cole. Is what we're gonna be doing. Now, oh, cool. Now, without further ado, let us delve into this fine and upstanding gentleman and his fine work. So, how and when did you first come become exposed to the comics media? Got so epic in here. That was perfect. That did become um, that was awesome. <laughs> dun dun dun. Amelia Cole. How did I? How um, how was I introduced to yeah, comics? Yeah, how are you introduced to comics? I mean, just how did it come about? You know, I, I I have a horrible memory about stuff that I need to know, like directions, what I do with my job, Amelia Cole continuity. But with with comics, I, I really have vivid memories as a little kid. Um, I must have been just a few years old, really, but they used to show the Christopher Reeve Superman movies on ABC TV. Oh, yeah. Like on Sunday nights, and they'd be like three-hour cuts of them. They'd add more to get the commercials in. Right. And I, I just remember falling in love with superheroes because of those movies, and then kind of discovering, oh, they're, uh, they're cartoons with Superman, and then coloring books. And my dad's like, oh, but also there's things called 
comic books. And uh, and then pretty much you're like, what is this comic book that you talk about, Dad? Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> so like there were new stories and there was art and it was cool. And yeah, so I fell in love with comics through the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. And then it became a thing of, you know, as a kid learning to read and needing to read more. And I remember my mom cheering me on like when I told her I was finished with uh, an issue of Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man. Okay. All right. So yeah, so it was cool. So it was a fun thing. And then it also... Um, yeah, it was like, it was like, yeah, I learned how to read. I learned a lot of big words from comics that I wouldn't have learned from school. So you would almost be willing to bet that, uh, comics could be a good edu- educational tool then definitely helped you to read more. It, se- it seems like. Oh, 100%. I think a lot of kids learn how to read on comics. Especially nowadays, uh, comic books are being used for history now, history lessons. Uh, we interviewed somebody at Long G- Beach Comic Expo, you know, they wrote the, uh, Gettysburg Address into a comic book. Then, of course, Gene Lewin Yang. We did Gene Lewin Yang, who um, talks about the Boxer Rebellion oh, yeah. in, in, in his comic, in Boxers and Saints. And yeah. I do have a side question. So, like, when you read the comics and you were seeing, you know, Superman, you know, 77 Superman, and then you saw, like, maybe Super Friends, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, it's, everything's, like, really, really fun and whatnot. And then you read the comics, and it was a lot darker, <laughs> especially probably around that time, uh, like, uh, let's see, like, who would, be, who would be writing around that time? It would have been... Um, well, especially Superman, for that matter. That'd probably be the Carl Kessel run. You probably were reading oh, I'm, I think time. I'm older than you guys think I am. No, I, when, oh. I, when I first started buying comics, I don't even... There was a time when I didn't really know who was making the comics as a little well, kid. Well, yeah, because yeah. you're a kid. I mean, you don't really pay attention to that kind right. of stuff. So I'd be like on... You know, for, so it'd be about the character, you know? Sure, so like I'd get sure. Superman, yeah. and I can't remember. And I, so I, and I imagine a lot of them were probably reprints, too. Um, right. so it's, it's hard for me. I know that at a time I remember having a comic book or a coloring book of Superman where he was like a newscaster. So it was during those days. Right. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. He, for a while he hosted like the news and every, Clark Kent hosted the news. Um, oh yeah. Superman dailies, right? I believe so. I believe that was Maybe. the dailies. Could be. I wish I still 90s, had yeah. them. <laughs> no, this is like, this is, this is eighties, man. We're I mean, all huge geeks. <laughs> yeah, well, we are. When we I first started are. noticing like creators, I think it was, uh, when John Byrne took over and did the man of steel miniseries. Oh yes. The six oh. issue miniseries from 1986. Yes. Yeah. And that's when I, that's when I noticed creators and I really was like, I like the way this guy draws Superman. <laughs> Especially and, him. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was the first time. So then I remember he left and then I read somewhere he was going to West coast Avengers and I was like, Oh, Okay, I'm going to follow him. And that was right. the first time I started following a creator. Because I don't know if I would have bought West Coast Avengers, but I like the way he did Superman, so I'm not going to see what he does here. And that, that was kind of like the bird, like when I started discovering creators as opposed to characters. Now, that being said, that you knew that John Byrne was going to West Coast uh, Avengers, did that inspire you then to look more into Marvel, or were you aware of Marvel before that? Oh yeah, I was like, as a kid, I was uh, super into Marvel and DC. Like, I remember like Secret Wars was a big thing when I was a kid. I, oh yeah, Secret I, like, Wars. Action, yep. I had a Spider Man and Captain America, and I think a Kang action figure. So they would fight <laughs> right. this. They'd fight my superpowers, DC. You know, right, action right. figures. So um, yeah. So I like Marvel and DC, and then and then yeah, through John Byrne, I started like paying attention to creators, and then I think like. I think it was like uh, Chris Claremont's X-Men. So I was really interested in what he was doing. And then Mark Silvestri was drawing it. So I was interested in what he did in oh, addition to go. that. And, uh, Two legends. Yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, I, I feel like I grew up on a golden age of comics. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. For me personally, like, I, I still am inspired by that stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so yeah, Superman movies to cartoons to toys to Superman comics to John Byrne to Marvel. Yeah, so it was like it all kind of led into this obsession that's been going on for almost 40 years. Wow. So wait, so who, so like now that you're writing uh, any comics, any of those people like that you kind of look at for the writers, like are they some of your biggest influences or who would be your influences for when you write like uh, The Bigger Bang or Amelia Cole? Well, it's interesting. I mean, those were, those were, I mean, I think they're all influences 
in the back of my mind, you know what I mean? But I don't feel like I write like, like they do or anything like that. I wish I could draw like Bern or Sylvester. You know? I think just about anybody does. <laughs> my <for that> God. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And then, yeah. So I, I was very, as a kid, like I think most kids very mainstream. It wasn't until, um, I think like, well, the image comics boom where I was like buying McFarlane Spider-Man and I was buying Jim Lee's X-Men and, and, and Liefeld's uh, X-Force. And then they were going on to do other things. I followed them and that got me into a whole world of indie comics. Nice. So, so it's safe to say that image was what really, um, you cut your teeth under to start looking into independent labels. Then was image what really started for you as the alternative? Yeah. hundred percent. Like, I don't think I even, because when I was a kid, actually I grew up in a small town called Waverly, Ohio, and there were no comic shops. Or there's one. There's a bookshop. It's called the Bookshop. And the Bookshop. Yeah, it was like it was like a used books place, and there was there's some stuff in there that I look at, but I didn't really know about indie books until Image got me into actual comic shops, and I have to drive an hour to this other city called Portsmouth to go to this place called Castle Comics. And, oh wow. Yeah, and I'd find them, and, and then there's one in Chillicothe called Acme Comics, which is sadly not around, but the owner there was this really cool guy named Jerry, and he'd kind of help me out and like find the things. And I, I remember, um, yeah, so image got me into indie comics and then, uh, even more than that was there's this magazine called Comic Scene. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was I think a, I vaguely remember it. It was great. It was from uh, Starlog, which also published uh, Fangoria and Starlog, and then Comic Scene was like their oh, comic right. magazine. Yeah, and so with that, I'd read about books that I never saw, you know. And I remember reading years before I actually found the comic uh, Mike Allred interview about Madman comics, like the first Madman miniseries. And I thought this sounds amazing. And then years later, <laughs> right. I saw the Dark Horse one, and that got me hooked into that. And I saw, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, and then and then I came became really into indie comics, like through Image and then Dark Horse, and then seeing what else was out there. That's awesome. That's great. That's 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 just wonderful. Now, uh, one of your uh, great works that you've done is we've already alluded to. We, you've done Amelia Cole here, but for um, potential listeners that would be wanting to get into this particular book, if you had to describe what encompasses her adventures, how would you do it to try to reel those people in? What would they be wanting to hear about? that they would want to pick up that book at their local comic book store. Well, usually I, I use the same kind of sales technique that I use when I'm at a convention, which is like, it's just kind of like a cross between Buffy and Harry Potter. Uh, you know what I mean? And then, uh, you know, and that's just like really broad strokes, but she is kind of a young, she's a young lady, kind of like Buffy. It was in the TV show and everything, you know, the character of Buffy. And then also she's a magician like Harry Potter. So that's kind of like, I feel like that's pretty, those are two big mainstream things yeah. that kind of like, like if you like that, I mean, you know, the book's very different than both of those, obviously. But. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, like night and day practically. But that would be your sales pitch, pretty pretty much. Is the Buffy meets uh, Harry Potter put into well, one. Well, the magic's really cool because it's like not everybody can do it. You have to kind of teach yourself, and just, you, you're kind of immersed into this magical world that's not, you know, it's clearly different because it's completely different uh, universes. And, right? It was a universe? Yeah, universes. And then, yeah, we um, say worlds, we say universes. Worlds, universes, dimensions. Yeah. I mean, dimensions. even she even um, she was confused what to call them at times. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I wish we, we should have been more clear. <laughs> no, it's okay. I always thought of it kind of as like the Iron Giant, but like smaller because of... Uh, oh, Lenny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't oh, think nice. about that. that that's, yeah. that's what I kind of got when I would write it, but... Yeah, it's a girl and her <laughs> golem. But um, yeah, actually, uh, my co-writer on the book, uh, Adam Nave, he, I think he kind of said he likes to call it more like Doctor Who meets Alice in Wonderland. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a lot of that. Uh, that's a really, yeah, that's a good one, too. That's actually but, a good comparison. Well, because the interesting thing about Buffy and Harry Potter that um, Adam and our, our co-creator and artist, Nick Brokenshire, who like draws and colors the book also, and we, the three of us created the book together, we wanted to make sure it wasn't a chosen one story. And that's what Buffy and Harry Potter are like, you know, Harry Potter's marked by that, you know, he's got the scar. So he's like the chosen one and Buffy's yeah. like a slayer and it's inherited. We wanted to make it more like 
I always think like Hermione is the best character in Harry Potter because she works her butt off for it. Yes, she and does. That's what Amelia does. She has like a knack. She's she is powerful. <laughs> But as you read the book, as it goes on, she also discovers she has to learn more. She can't just do everything through like, I can make the biggest explosions. Like, but what about like, exactly. real spells and actually using your magic? Well, so. it's, like, it's like what the protector can constantly says to his boss over there in the city and everything. Her, her magic seems to be almost unparalleled, powerful and all that. Yet she seems to be very unrefined when it comes to that. So yeah. as powerful as she is, there's still a lot more that she needs to realize to reach her true potential. That's, that's, what the that's what I especially loved about that. And it's funny Thank because you, like yeah. my girlfriend and like hates Harry Potter. She's like the she's like the thing I hate most about Harry Potter series is Harry Potter himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, I can see. I mean, it's same with the Buffy show. Actually, I I, I loved Xander and Willow yeah. and all of them. But sometimes Buffy was everybody like, loves Spike. Yeah, Spike. Yeah, <laughs> who didn't love Spike? He's I think that's awesome. the better question, dude. But uh, yeah, we liked the idea of making it about a, a hero who has to work for it. Things aren't given to her. I mean, she, she comes from a world of magic where everybody can do magic. But like I always say, like if you have a wand, it's kind of like if I have a pencil and, and you know, Mike Allred has a pencil, he's going to do way more amazing things with that pe- same pencil than I would. Yeah. That's how wands are in Amelia's world. And Amelia just happens to be the type of person who's like, if I have this ability, I'm going to use it. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Avatar: Last Airbender, which is cool too. But that's just—I mean, I need to watch. I haven't still haven't watched oh, that. Man. I've heard oh. it's amazing. It's on my list. <laughs> that, and then Korra, The Legend of Korra. Like oh. I gotta watch. Oh, those. Legend of Korra. Can't, anyway, <laughs> can't, can't, can't spout that one enough. How great that is. But, but uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, what's the next question? But yeah, thus far, um, <laughs> we've we've had the story come into. I believe it's now currently into your sixth storyline. Is it with the with regard to the uh, trade paper? Uh, no fifth. Well, actually, the fourth. Uh, paperbacks are, are the fourth trades out so the first one's Amelia Cole in the Unknown World and the second's Amelia Cole in the Hidden War yep. third is Amelia War. Cole in the Enemy Unleashed fourth is Amelia Cole in the uh, Impossible Fate and that's what we have in print but right now in Comixology because the books come out first there uh, oh, yeah digital issues uh, we're working on our fifth and final storyline which is Amelia Cole versus the end of everything the end of everything yep. and we were talking about like on the last episode because we do the trivia and stuff like that uh, for the books first and then like kind of like the the book discussion uh, for this episode and we were talking about it's like that's pretty much like the most like final title I've ever <laughs> it sounds heard. like the most final title so obviously you obviously it's safe to say then that this was the end story in mind that you had for Amelia Cole then and yeah I mean we wanted to do something we wanted to do something big what was interesting about Amelia Cole is the first for us it was the first long form comic that Adam and I had written uh, we'd done a lot of like short, like we did a short miniseries called Never Ending, which is only three issues. And right. we did a lot of anthology stuff. But this was like, you know, this is our ongoing and it's the first ongoing series that Nick had drawn too. So you see a lot of development. Like if you look right. at like the first, I say the first few issues are chapters in the volume. My wife always says by like issue three, she thinks we found our groove, you know, and it's, it's, it's funny. It's cool to see that. Like we learned to trust each other and yeah. work together and right. got to see what Nick was capable of and then realized we could write toward his toward his strengths and some stuff that we were thought like, wow, oh, we can't give this to a, an artist to do. He's going to, it's going to, you know, kill him. He, he, <laughs> he did it and then did it times two and times 10. They're like, Oh my God. Okay. You know, we can, he can do anything. It's like you, you're working together to see how far you can go. And like, you're just kind of, kind of testing each other. And then finally when you get that, yeah. Like what you yeah. said, that groove, you're just like, yeah, like this is gold. Like everything's yeah. awesome. Like we're all in par. <laughs> right. Like our, like our, we have to rise up to each other. Like I always, I feel like there's no actual, like, series editor on the book like uh, monkey brain doesn't assign an editor or anything yeah. but for adam and adam and which me, is great for which is great because that means own. you guys are you guys are pretty much the ones that are determining what's happening where is it going yeah i mean but a good editor is super helpful i mean a it's good true. yeah like uh, justin isinger 
put helps with the the uh, the trade collections, but then he also is my editor on the Bigger Bang, and he he's invaluable. In but terms I would also of say you're quite the editor yourself too, Sarah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, well, yeah. that's that's the thing is Adam and I both edit, so I feel like we're co-writers and co-editors, and right. he's my first audience, and I'm his, so like we always want to one up each other. So you bounce yeah. stuff off of each yeah. other when you're doing that. That's I never good. want him to go like, oh, DJ dropped the ball. Like, and he never wants me to do that. And then then our next audience, like once we get it to where we like it, Nick's our audience. We don't want him to be bored because he draw he works so hard. We want to give him awesome stuff. And just to how draw exactly. and, and just how brutal are you guys on each other when you guys are doing your editing to each other like that? Are you guys pretty brutal? Or you guys try to be more cool about it? I mean, how do you go about that? <laughs> well, we're 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 good friends, you know. But um, there you know we have a shorthand. Like I, honestly, we kind of sometimes almost know what the other one's gonna say. Oh, so before that, you even say it. Yeah, huh? or I'll, like I'll try to sneak one past him by no. But and sometimes I'm, I'm, you know, I'll be like, I know what you're gonna say, but just think about it first. Think about um, it for a minute. It's a lot more healthier than like uh, you've met Eric, but you haven't met Tim from the, uh, from the Ganga Gathering. Oh, Whenever yeah. they write anything, <laughs> uh, they're both very opinionated. And if I'm in the mix, it's just us being like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever oh, read. No. Uh, why don't you go back and actually try? <laughs> like, like we have the worst constructive criticism, but it makes us better. But it makes everything so much better. Like it's yeah. amazing. It's. I mean, I think yeah. It's, it's a, you got to be honest with each other. I just think um, Adam and I, like I like his writing, and I, I feel like we have different strengths, and um, so we we blend well together. And then when we write things solo. Uh, it's almost like, like Adam always says he has like a portable DJ like he'll actually like write down like this is probably what DJ is going to say and then you think about like and I do the same thing with the, even with the bigger bang like I would send him drafts just to see what he thought even though he wasn't actually co-writing it but I still like you know yeah. his opinions matter and wow. and when he says something does not work is not working I believe him when he says something's good I don't believe him yeah. which is ridiculous. right right like, like this is really good I'm like oh, are you sure he's being nice and he's like oh, I'm never nice to you like I'm honest I'm like, oh you're right right but um, <laughs> but anyway, I'm sorry. I'm with no, so many tangents. But with Amelia Cole, like the end game, um, we had initially. I, I think what's interesting is as we were going on, we didn't mean to make like some giant thirty issue storyline. That's just what kind of happened. Like yeah. uh, like the council, the characters are like the big bads. They actually weren't in the first issue. Um, they weren't in our initial plans. Huh. Nick did a promo image and we had said, we want some like kind of like Amelia, like in the shadows and she has her wand up and the wand's lighting her face. And Nick being Nick decided to give it a little more oomph. Yeah. And he put in these like ghoulish creatures behind her. And we're like, yeah. okay, we got to use those guys. See, now that's, that's awesome. That's great. And then they became, yeah. And then suddenly they're the council. So they originally it was like the magistrate and the protector were the bad guys. And yeah. then there's a whole other level now of these yeah. ultimate bad guys. And so we were building toward this like big final confrontation. And we knew that it would be the ultimate battle and the end of, you know, either Amelia or the council. Like, you know, this was it. Right. But I'd hoped I would love to go on longer. But at a certain point, just the marketplace, the way it is. And also Nick wanting to draw new things and everything. Yeah. Um, There's other stories you do want to tell as well. Yeah. I mean, but the, the unf- I guess the unfair thing is Adam and I have written other things. And Nick has drawn some other books and is working because he's really prolific. But it, the artist is at the table a lot longer. And uh, yeah. so, so, you know, so, so in terms of the economics and then also keeping Nick um, excited and, and all of us like continuing to work together, we decided this thing that was kind of going to be the end of Amelia 1.0 felt like a good endpoint for yeah. the series and and and, and i, I we've, we wrote it year like a long almost a year ago and now that nick's drawing it we're going through and like doing passes on the you know lettering passes once we see his layouts right right it's like opening up all these emotions that i almost had forgotten about because i'm really emotional about it like it, it amelia it's been a part of my life for like five years now it's it's a fantastic book like and uh easily one of my favorite female characters probably in a lot of media she's She's strong, she's flawed, but you know, but she keeps going forward and 
I, I don't know. I personally love the character. I've shared it with everybody in the gathering. Thanks I mean, so much. We're getting everybody to read it. Um, Thank yeah, you. my girl, more like my you. girlfriend <laughs> loves it. Like she's read, she she's caught up. Like I've read the first three volumes, and I and she's like, she's like, no, no, no. She has comicsology. I don't. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <I'm got> you. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it's uh, wait, no, wait, yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, I I love the character. I love Thank the story. You. Um, I'd love to read more, but of course I'm gonna finish it with the last with the fifth with the fifth oh, volume. Well, yeah. you be- well, you better, dude. Oh, yeah. I will. I don't think we're gonna let you down. I mean, I'm right now. Nick's actually drawing issue. Tw- 20, I think I think he just finished. Yeah, we finished twenty seven, and uh, Rachel just lettered it. Rachel Deering, our letter. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was going over, it and it's funny because it's so long ago since we wrote it that I can almost like, and my memory is so bad that I can almost read it like I, I didn't do it, you know, I yeah. didn't work on it, and I'm like, holy crap! Like, oh, it's really fun, like A very surreal experience, yeah. I imagine. And how we're really it, pulling out all the stops. How many issues are in each volume? Is it? Uh, there's six, six, seven, six, six okay. in each yeah. volume. So usually, be usually for a trade paperback, it's standard to do about six because yeah. that's because that's pretty standard which yeah. it, and it's manageable too yeah for, well for and Amelia's digital issues are a little shorter right. because we wanted to keep because the first series there are 22 pages each and has a dollar 99 price point but we right. wanted to hit that 99 cent like most of the other monkey brain books so they're about like 12 to 14 pages so they're a little they're a little slimmer but there you um, go. they there make you a go. decent sized trade with the extras we pump in there yeah now, alluding to an earlier point you talked about, you were kind of intending that this was the end of Amelia Cole 1.0. Is it possible that we're going to be seeing some 2.0 in the near future, perhaps? Or her? a crossover. Or a crossover else. of any kind or anything. I mean, I would love to do more. Like, I think as far as I know, honestly, right now, this feels like the end. But having said that, um, what's interesting is I, I, I kind of thought the book, I thought things happened faster in comics and they really do like people are still discovering the book uh, I used right. to be at cons I'd have to like describe it nobody knew what it was and I have to describe it and that still happens a lot but then each kind of go to a few more people will come and like oh I got volume one I need two right. or I need three some people come to get four so it's still growing so who's to say like maybe you know uh, we go off and do other things um, Nick Adam and I together and also separately but if like suddenly IDW is like whoa the book's blowing up or <laughs> or like something happens like you know another media and it makes it financially possible for us to do more. I would love to. So I think we shared it with like six or seven people in the gathering. Everybody loves it. And thank you, know, you so much. We have a lot of people who are pretty, you know, uh, very brutally honest. And usually, yeah, exactly. Usually, whatever I throw at them, like, why did you make me like read this? Or why did you make me do this? Exactly. Like, We're not around people. Who are, this is the first one where everyone's like, I really like the story. Like, that really means like a lot. Yeah we're, yeah, we're not a bunch of yes men in this group. We, we're, we're ones especially that actually, Tim. <laughs> especially Tim for oh, that then matter. That's awesome. No, I, I think it is more about just, because I almost feel like Adam and Nick and I do almost as much as we can in terms of social media and to the point where I'm worried I'm, I annoy people, but um, oh, just talking about the book all the, like time. all the time. That's just for my ADHD. Yeah, well, me, maybe me too. Or my, 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 I just, I'm a worrier, but um, to hear you guys say that, and I think just more, if more people do that, like everybody who likes Amelia, if you share it with other people, that's how we keep doing books. That's how, yeah. just in comics in general, there's not a lot of budget to them. You know, like all our money goes into making the book. Yeah. And, and, and so advertising, it's, it's a lot of word of mouth. So who knows? Maybe in a couple of years, suddenly it'll be the hit that I always hoped it would have been. I hope everybody listens to this podcast. Everybody exactly. in the world. It's yeah. like it's like what it's <laughs> like peeps. it's like what another creator um I just recently looked up what he said on a tweet recently. It's not enough for someone to say that they just merely love the book. They actually have to go out there and be getting that exactly. book. So they need to be you guys need to be you guys that are listening here right now, you need to be going to your local comic book store, you need to be going to get that Amelia Cole. Well, I know some oh, of, I, know, I know some people from the network have gone 
gotten into com- comicsology, like Albert. And exactly. You go on so. comicsology, you can get the digital there. Go to your local comic book store because you get the trade paperbacks on behalf of IDW, which I think is a very good thing that you were able to do that, by the way. Oh, that was great. Yeah, they, we have the trade. Yeah. We left it in the car. Yeah, we have it right in the car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't have any on me. Although, actually, that Barnes & Noble right around the corner from here, they have volumes one through three. Oh, nice. there you so go. There you if go. If you're in Marina Del Rey and out at the Barnes & Noble, buy it so they can get volume yeah. four. Yeah. Or anywhere well, we, for that We matter. have links on, if you go to our site and on the posts and everything, we always have links and stuff for you guys. So Exactly. Oh, so, it's, it's not as if it's one of those books that's unreachable, guys. You can find it anywhere. You can totally pick it up. So, go out there and, and get it. Uh, while it's still hot, guys. Do you have any more questions? <laughs> and um, all right, well, we just uh, have uh, one more. It looks like, uh, and here we get to be a little bit silly. So, all right, we just got to know this, but Harry Potter taking on Amelia Cole, dude. Who, who's going to win that battle? Seriously, you know you want to answer this, DJ. This is a loaded question because right? Harry Potter has a lot of fans. But um, no, I I, uh, I gotta say honestly, we're li- really looking at it, and it goes back to my whole. I got beef with Chosen Ones. I know that Harry Potter, he had a lot to work through. Yeah. He had a rough life. He ended up becoming a hero in his own right. Right. But my favorite character in that series is Hermione. And I think Hermione would have kicked Harry's butt. Oh, she's great. I feel like Amelia would too. Uh, I feel like they'd probably end up both teaming up and then fighting Voldemort and the uh, the I council ne- together. I think Neville is stronger I, than I think Harry Voldemort. Right. Pretty, I think Voldemort pretty much has that council thing under his thumb. I think I, I almost kind of liken them to the to the um, what were they the Death Knights? They called them or something. Death Yellow. Oh no! The um, oh my god! Wow! What, what, what are they called? Death the oh, de- maybe. The Death Eaters. I kind of yeah. see, I I see, see those guys as the Death Eaters. Yeah, so. I mean, not, to, not to start a Harry Potter discussion, but I want to say one thing, like why I think Harry Potter was bearable at all to me, because I'm now reading the books right now. I think it's only bearable because, yeah, like I don't like Chosen Ones. I can't stand it. Like Matrix, Matrix lost me. earn their heroism. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. like I think Harry Potter was only so strong because Voldemort made himself so... Like he was like just toying with Harry Potter so much, it just kind of destroyed right. everything. And it's kind of like with the Protector, which is why I like, I yeah. like the Protector as well. I mean, and I don't know. I'm just saying, I um, I like the people who just kind of like, listen, I'm like number one, and I know what I'm doing, and it's kind of like their biggest fault as well. They're like, you kind of put your guards down, and kind of oh, makes yeah. you feel too cocky. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, the with Amelia. Like I, Hector knows more about magic than Amelia does. That's something as you go on. Definitely, book, he's more learn. refined than her. Yeah. yeah, and he can fly. And he always tells Amelia she can fly, and, and he's she, very cocky. which I thought was funny <laughs> toward the end of the episode. She was like, "Gosh, maybe I can fly." Nah, maybe not. I don't like heights. Yeah, she's so, scared of heights, so yeah. she's not. Was, she's not which fly. I thought was amazing. she doesn't even want to learn how to fly. But um, but the I'm thing good. is, the thing about her though is that she doesn't quit, and and no. to and sometimes to her detriment. I mean, that's what we try to go through. Yeah, this it year seems too. she's constantly getting in harm's way. It seems like she just can't stop, even if she wanted to it seems there's always something calling for her to go save somebody else or yeah. do this or that yeah it's a, she won't quit and she wants to do good no matter the cost to her and i mean it's one of the things that i'd love to ex- I wish we could have explored but she didn't we didn't have time is uh she doesn't have much of a personal life and we allude to it but it is like she there is a cost to that and um but yeah i think in the end like amelia versus anybody my bet's on her because yeah. she literally will not quit <laughs> exactly and her golem will just basically wreck shop too yeah and like, let me let me's the golem He's yeah, a man. so you know, it's it's, it's just uh, <laughs> yeah. so that's why you know we're kind of seeing the upcoming big battle between her and the end of everything with our with our last volume, and I can't really yep. wait to see what what you're going to be doing with that to I guess break our hearts, DJ. Oh, thank you, and no, I can't wait to hear what <laughs> last, you guys think. Last question before we interview you again at a, at a future con. Uh, <laughs> what are you working on right now? Uh, we have the bigger bang, and then. Oh yeah, yeah. You um, have the bigger bang, and what are some other potential projects you're going to be doing in the future? I mean, you, you obviously are 
going to be done with Amelia Kofer right now, but are there other big things that we can look forward to from you? Yeah, we got to, we got to keep ourselves busy. Um, well, with the bigger bang, uh, which I did a four issue miniseries with, um, an artist named Vasily Gogzilis. We co-created it. And then Frank Svetkovic edited it. I'm sorry, lettered it. Whoa, where am I going? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I wrote it vast drew it, uh, Frank lettered it. And then, uh, Justin Eisinger edited it. Um, we did four issues and, uh, I think it was pretty well received. It's a really weird kind of over the top space opera book. Um, I love space opera books. So. It's, I mean, it's, it's nutty. It's funny. Vast's art is so over the top that I wanted my writing to kind of match it. And he's got kind of a <laughs> modern look to his art. And so I have like really old school writing and it's like a dichotomy there. Right. Um, and apparently it did well enough that we're doing a sequel. So in May, uh, the biggest bang issue one hits, comic shops nice. so it's in, it's in previews now uh, it doesn't get any bigger than the biggest um it's so a lot it's, more bangier and bangier than the first one then I can, yeah well i, I mean the say. thing was i didn't expect us to get more like i didn't expect the book to get published and then when it did and then it was received well enough that we're doing a sequel can you make another sequel it's called the larger biggest bang well, thing, i don't know i don't <laughs> think i don't think there's anywhere to go from here so i think we got larger. four issues and that's <laughs> it but um yeah, we it's actually I kind of say it's like a, a movie sequel, you know, like it's yeah. coming out like a year or so later. Our okay. our budget's a little higher. To me, that nice. means like like uh, it's not Always really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's not. I mean, but it, visually, it kind of looks like it because uh, Vasily's upped his game a little. Not even upped his game. Vasily can do a lot of different styles. He's a painter. He's an artist, and he he does a lot of and he's changed his style a little bit for this one. And so my joke is that it's kind of like the colors a little brighter. It almost feels like it's a bigger budget movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's my joke. But no, it's so same creative team that comes out yeah in May, and then um also Adam and I co-wrote this uh, Dark Horse Presents uh, three parter um, called Laser Joan and the Ray Guns that's being illustrated by um by uh, Robert Wilson who worked on a book called Knuckleheads and did an issue of Bitch Planet. Uh, I he's think I know knuckleheads. It. Yeah, I think I we talked about that. Oh, yeah, Brian too, Winkler. Yeah. Uh, Brian Winkler, uh, Winkler wrote it, and, and Robert drew it. And then uh, Frank is lettering this one as well, and just our uh, Jordan Boyd is uh, coloring it. And uh, it's going to be in it was, the first part came out in Dark Horse Presents number nineteen, and then uh, we'll be in twenty and twenty one. And I'd love to do more, hopefully. Nice. And then there's another project that I can't that uh, Nick, Adam, and I are working on, but. Um, we, uh, it's, we can't talk, we can't about, it. talk about it yet. I got my fingers oh, we crossed. We won't tell DJ. I got we my fingers tell. crossed that you haven't seen The Last of Us as a team, even if Amelia's in. Yeah, it seems like you guys really have the chemistry to work to put out good stuff out there. Perfect. I mean, yeah, they're, they're both so great that they make me try to do better. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> well, guys, you've heard it. Now, thanks for tuning in. You can check out our other shows and offerings on iTunes and visit our new website, grandgeekgathering.com. Go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review us. We love comments, questions, and requests. Email us at grankygathering at gmail.com. To stay updated, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and we also stream on Twitch TV. To find Amelia Cole, check out your local comic book store. We highly support local businesses. And also IDW.com and Monkey Brain. Thank you so much, you guys. Com- did we mention Comixology too? And Comixology. And Comixology. <laughs> Music provided by bensound.com. This show has been brought to you by the Grand Geek Gathering Network. Join the gathering. Have a wonderful weekend. GGG. We've had to tell you about that. Darn right, GGG. GGG. <laughs> Thank you so much.